Welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host and commish, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski, joining me to talk week four in the SOFFL. We have from the Seawolves, Phil Bruce. How's it going, Phil? Doing great, Kaz. Doing great, Shane. Thanks for having me on. It's going to be a great podcast tonight. Looking forward to it. I guess you're still a points leader, Seawolves, too. I have to, I have to throw that out there. That, that that's correct points leader through week, week three which is uh you know pretty big sample size three <laughs> games into the fantasy season happy to happy to have that known it and uh he he spoiled it joining shane from take your ball and go home the three and zero best team in the league take your ball and go home oh it's great to be here matt uh it's good to be back Good to be uh, back on top of the standings where uh, where the teabaggers belong. So excited to see what's coming the rest of the season. So far, there's only been one crippling injury this evening, and it hasn't been a desert dog, so that's a good thing. Um, DJ Chark with the fractured ankle. So Phil, you'll be you'll be in the market for a bench wide receiver this week, I'd imagine. Oh. Ooh, fracture doesn't that doesn't sound like you can walk it off <laughs> no no that sounds like an IR stint alright uh, before we get into trivia let's quickly talk about the trade that happened yesterday uh, Nevermore acquiring Jalen Hurts from the Steel Curtain for $10 of 2022 draft cash um, I will let you guys open up your thoughts on that trade I don't know what to make out of the Eagles this year. Not a big fan of Jalen Hurts. Thought he had some upside coming into this season. I've seen enough in three games to say, hey, he has back-end QB1 stats through three weeks. I don't like his outlook rest of the year. I don't like the Eagles at all. I have no idea what the strategy of that team is. But that can also translate to okay fantasy games. Uh, just not on my team, and I don't think he's worth a flyer, let alone ten dollars. Yeah, so it was pretty clear. I mean, after looking at the trade, it was pretty clear before this that Nevermore needs a quarterback. Um, I think this could go this could go really good or really bad for them. I mean, it's only ten dollars, so I, I guess you can't say really bad. It's not going to kill them, but I mean, we we don't see a whole lot of trades for quarterbacks in our league, especially mid level ones. Um, but I, but just watching Hurts play, I think I don't know. I think it was you, Kaz, that said it. That this guy is not a very good football quarterback, but has potential to be a good fantasy quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eagles just look like a pretty bad team. And he looks like he has to do a lot and he's not really good enough to do it. So I feel like there's gonna be some some really good weeks out of him and there's gonna be some some clunkers thrown in there where he's just not a very good quarterback in, in NFL standards. Um so you're gonna deal with some turnovers, but there's a lot of run potential and and a lot of playing from behind potential I feel like out of him. So that translated into fantasy Fantasy points. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's a great trade. He probably could have got him for about five bucks instead of ten. Um, but I've always been a proponent of buying early 
especially when you have players like Cup and Kelsey that if things go south south in the next couple of weeks, you can get your full money for those guys. Um, so with that being said, I understand taking the, the risk now um, and seeing, you know, if you can find some juice here in the next couple of weeks now that he's not playing in the group of death and we're moving into the crossover matchups. Um, I don't know. Uh, Hurts, I told Spears, he reminds me of like the mid-2000s Oregon quarterbacks that if there's guys running, you know, crossing routes across the field wide open, he's going to have a good game. But if he has to actually like make some big-time throws, it's not going to happen. Um, there's some athletic potential there. I want to say he has a high floor, but with minus three for interceptions, I think that, that brings the floor down a little bit. Um, I think he had negative points over halfway through that game. On Monday night, so it, does it. I mean, I don't know. They don't have much behind him, but like, it feels like he's a candidate to lose his job at some point during this year. Well, Minshew, uh, Minshew's definitely in play. Um, yeah, and it doesn't even like Deshaun Watson could be on that team in a week, and he hasn't been suspended yet. So I, I'm not sure Deshaun Watson plays this year, but I'm not sure he's not allowed to play either. So. Uh, the Dolphins and Eagles, I think we could see something happen here in the next couple of weeks with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, and it's not even necessarily hurts his fault either. I mean, Devonta Smith and, and Jalen Rager look like tiny human beings on the field. Um, I actually think Quez Watkins might be their best receiver. Um he seems to make make plays happen every week, and if they're not going to run the ball, that's not going to help Hurts either. So there's a lot a lot of bad with the Eagles right now, as I think we all know from watching that uh, that Monday night game. But good move by Eddie. Did himself some extra jet cash, so he actually has, you know, if he wants to make a run at some players, he actually now has sixty dollars that he can trade out, being in the plus ten. So. I thought that was a nice move. He probably was going to be dropping Hurts in the next couple of weeks just with how well Stafford's been playing. So to get 10 bucks for a player that would have been available in the waiver wire in a week or two is a good move on his part. Yeah, for sure. All right. Got some trivia for us. I do. I've got, got a bunch of trivia for you guys tonight. Um, as you guys know, the Ryder Cup was last weekend. <laughs> um. Sergio Garcia and John Rahm. DJ J- Dustin Johnson and Colin Mark Howard combined to make two formidable duos over the last weekend. I'm looking for the duos in the NFL. No, I'm just kidding. I can't I can't get through that. I was listening to the pod last <laughs> week. Heard you guys heard you guys making fun of me. Um, <laughs> figured I'd have a Ryder Cup question for you, but now I I don't have any Ryder Cup. Uh, themed trivia for you guys tonight, but that was a good guess though some... on our part, right? Good guess. <laughs> it was. Did have some late breaking news that just happened today, though, that inspired one of tonight's trivia questions, and we're going to lead off with that one. Um, one of my favorite players, and and a topic of conversation last year for us, Lashawn Shady McCoy has retired from the NFL. Um, Shady McCoy finishes now with. 89 career touchdown touchdowns. There are 
only 12 players on an active NFL roster that have more or that have more than 60 career touchdowns. Only one has more than LaShawn McCoy. I'm looking for those 12 players. Right, go over the, the criteria again. For so I'm, I'm looking for the 12 active NFL players. They are on an active NFL roster right now. So Todd Gurley's not an answer, and neither is So Larry Todd Gurley is not an answer. He is not on an active NFL roster. No, nor is Frank Gore. Nor is Frank Gore. Or Larry Fitzgerald. Or Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> but there are 12 that have a, a minimum of 60 touchdowns. Well, for those 12 guys. I'll be happy to lead us off with uh, my tight end, Rob Gronkowski. He is the only one with <laughs> more than Shady McCoy at 91. Great pickup by you, by the way. Didn't, didn't go mentioned, but I think we all slept on that. Didn't realize Gronk took off a year of football, and maybe that's why he wasn't that great last year. Yeah. Um, that guy is just incredible. Yeah, he dropped the pass in the end zone last week, though, so we're mad at him right now. <laughs> All right, Phil, let's speed this up. You yeah, have to hold get, on. You have to get your first one. All right, Tony Gonzalez. Um, he, he is not on an active NFL roster, so you're terrible. Oh, God. Oh, no, oh, Kelsey. <laughs> Um, Travis Kelsey's not on this list, so you are wrong again. Travis Kelsey has 53 touchdowns. Five for 17th. Active, you are really bad at this game. <laughs> well, I was, trying to, I was trying to think, and you're, you're making me say an answer. So I'm, that's what I'm going to give you. <laughs> All right. Um, so, I, I'm, I'm drawing some blanks right now, but a name that popped in my head. No, speed it up. Jimmy Graham. So Jimmy Graham's number three on this list. He has 82 career touchdowns. I'm trying to think of running backs that have had the longevity. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I, I got nothing. Cause if you want to stick the needle in deep here, you already got the win. But if you want to stick the needle in deep, go ahead. I'll give you the floor. Um, this this is kind of tough. I will say, um, I gotta think Julio has sixty touchdowns. Julio Jones has sixty-one touchdowns, so he is right there at the threshold, tied for tenth on this list. Okay. Um, Phil mentioned running backs. Man, that's definitely tough to think of some running backs. Thinking of some older guys that I gotta keep. Yeah. Reason for every question here, but I don't even know what it is. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure either. Um, well, I mean. I thought you guys were going to do a lot better with this. This is this is a wasn't a, easy, but it wasn't that tough. But you're saying you can't think about running backs. We only got to hear about him every goddamn week. How good he is! Yeah, I was um, going to say Derrick Henry, but I didn't know if he had sixty. 
King Henry has 61 touchdowns. Okay. I'm, I can't believe he has that many. It feels like he's only been in the league four years. Just can't score to cash a parlay for us, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there is only one other running back on this list, so you guys are correct in struggling to find running backs. Yeah, and I was going to say Le- oh, no, I'm sorry. There, I'm sorry. There's two other, two more, two more. Running. McCaffrey has to be on there. No. McCaffrey doesn't even have 50, so he is not on this list. Um. There are two other ones. How about Melvin Gordon? Melvin Gordon is 59. <laughs> so he, he's coming up. Coming okay. up on this list. Who the hell are the running backs? Lev Bell was the other one that came to mind. No way. So he's not on this list. Okay. He's only played three full seasons. He doesn't even have 50. And then A.J. Green is another name, name that came to mind. Adriel Jeremiah Green is fifth on this list with 66 career touchdowns. Okay. I'll uh, I'll speed this up because since we have another question, try to we'll go with the running backs here, get him out of the way. Uh, Mr. Alvin Kamara oh, has wow. 61 touchdowns. That's a pretty good start to his career. I can't believe Guy gets in the end zone an awful lot. And then old man Ingram, Mark Ingram, has 73 touchdowns. Wow. Pretty uh, pretty solid career. Pretty quietly. Um, feel a little disappointed in you. Number two on this list is uh, on your team. Um, AB, one of the best receivers ever in football. Maybe you've heard of him, Antonio Brown. Uh, Eighty-five career touchdowns. Um, player on your favorite team, Cause scored last week on a deep ball. Mr. Deshaun um, Jackson, sixty-five touchdowns. Long teabag stalwart, still kicking. Tom's one of Tom's favorite targets. Mike Evans, sixty-four tar- touchdowns. Um, and then, are you the two best receivers in the league? Uh, Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins both have sixty-three touchdowns. So wow, that was bad. Tony Gonzalez not on the list though. Tony Gonzalez did just missed this <laughs> list. I don't know why I said that. But I meant Travis Kelsey. Let's speed this up. Maybe we can get through this one a little quicker. Um, So tonight's matchup obviously got me excited. Um, Two former quarterbacks that participated in the National Championship of College Football. There are five other quarterbacks in the league currently starting that played in a national championship game. And there are four more who are not starting, but are on an active roster that played in a national championship football game. NCAA division one. I'm not sure. I wasn't sure about Wentz, so don't say Wentz. But so I'm going to start off. I want the five names first of the guys that played in the national championship game and are currently I'm sorry, there's four. I'm sorry, I, I messed it up. There's four that are currently a starter, and there's five that are currently not. Give me Trevor uh, Lawrence. Uh, all right, so Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow are obviously two in tonight's game. I meant, I meant that question, meant to say that as part of the question. I'm looking for the, the other ones not playing in tonight's game. Give me Justin Fields. So Justin Fields is correct. Jalen Hurts. It's the new starting quarterback for the Bears. Jalen Hurts is correct. Second quarterback for the Eagles. 
Uh, Tua Talova. So he's on the IR. So he would be one that is not currently starting quarterback. Okay. Uh, you guys can just name all nine if you want. <laughs> <clears throat> Mac Jones? Or Mac Jones, currently the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. There's going to be some good names on this list. I can't wait. Hmm. There are some, there are a couple of good ones. It, it, it doesn't matter if it was pre-playoff or post-playoff, does it? It does not. Hmm. I don't think Kyler got to the championship. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll just do a name on the list. I can't think of a starter right now. Give me uh, quick hands, quick cash to Sean Watson. That is correct. Sean Watson is on the list, not starting currently, but did play for the national title in one month. Jay Boo. Jay Boo is the other <clears throat> name as a current starter. Who? James James Winston. James Winston. And then these last three are some pretty pretty tough names. They're just on the roster. Um, they are on a roster. Um, two of them, I believe, won the national title. One of them won it twice back to back. Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota did not play for the national title. Oh, really? I thought they played Florida State that year. They lost in the semis to Florida State. Okay. Well, A.J. McCarron's on a roster, I think. A.J. McCarron is on a roster. He won back-to-back national titles. He's the only one to ever win back-to-back. These last two are pretty pretty tough. Uh, can, can you give us the years that they played in the title? Mm. Let's see here. I'm sorry, Marcus Mariota is on the list. That's an oversight by me, Cause. <laughs> they did they won that game. Okay. It's an oversight by me. I, I missed that one. That was twenty fourteen. You're correct. Um So one of them played in 2017. Bill. Mm. And the other one played in... in college, Mr. Colt McCoy, still kicking it around in the NFL. 
believe he is the backup to uh, Kyler Murray right now. Yeah, I think you're right. And the other one, 2017 guy, was a Georgia guy, Jake Fromm. Oh, yeah. Was was the quarterback opposite <clears throat> of Jalen Hurts in that title game. I can't believe they're both playing in the league. All right, good, good, uh, good questions, Shane. Well done. I guess uh, now <clears throat> we should get into the week four matchups. We'll start off with a loser leaves town match: Renegades versus Desert Dogs. Uh, Renegades Zach Moss with back-to-back double-digit efforts and is now an RB two, sitting at running back twenty-two for the season. Do you guys trust Zach Moss? I don't trust anyone in the Bills' backfield. Um, I don't know what the hell's going to happen there week to week. I don't think anyone does. Um, Could be 20 points, could be two for any of them. Could be a late game, late scratch. Um, It's just, I don't know. Don't trust anyone in the Bills' backfield. Not even going to venture a guess on who it's going to be going forward, if anyone. I mean, what what makes him an RB two? Because he is like RB twenty four overall, or because Begley has him in the RB two slot on his team? He because he's twenty two overall. It's it's you always you always say that if they're top twenty four. You always call him an RB two. I mean, that's what the, <clears throat> that's what the numbers mean. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I had zero trust in Zach Moss moving forward. As weird as it is to say, I am going to try and still high and see if there's any kind of trade value there. Well, I think he has a good game this week against Houston. Um, so I trust him this week, and I think I trust him the most out of all the Bills running backs, but <clears throat> it's not great. Um, probably a low-end flex uh, for most teams, in my opinion. Uh, Desert Dogs question. Is Allen Robinson trash? Just keep it real simple. No. No, <laughs> Allen Robinson's not trash. Um, his quarterback play is. Um, they just don't have <clears throat> a quarterback on the roster. Um, I, <laughs> he's clearly shown in the, in the past few seasons that he's low end RB one or low end wide receiver one. Um he just doesn't have the quarterback play to, to make it worth your while right now. Um I mean that, that's that's kind of the bottom line. He, he's a great player on a really bad team with bad quarterback play and that that's obviously gonna bring his value way down. So if Fields can show he's competent or something happens there then you're just going to struggle to get production. I'm going to answer this question in two separate ways. One, I'll answer it at face value. Is Allen Robinson trash? He is not. I think he's had some injuries. He's still a good player and a serviceable wide receiver in the NFL. The way I want to answer this question is, is Allen Robinson rosterable? Meaning, for the first three weeks, Allen Robinson has not finished any higher than wide receiver 46. And I saw that tweet, had to get my glasses, 
put them on and reread it a few times to make sure that I was reading something that was factually correct. And it is. I think he's a good wide receiver. In fantasy, he is waiver wire fodder. And it just has been terrible. I don't see what is going to change about the quarterback situation there. He's got who he's got. And if you keep him on your team and you bench him and he has that one good week in week six and week seven, and you want to put him back in the lineup and then he sucks for another three or four weeks, it's the worst kind of fantasy asset you you can get. There's no floor there. He has upside. No idea when that's going to happen. I'll be bidding five or six dollars for him on the waiver wire in week eight. I have a hard time believing if you owned Allen Robinson, you would drop him. I think you're being a dick, but I'm just I'm, I'm just looking fine. at the numbers. Hey, I I thought it was a good buy after the draft. Now what I'm seeing in this season raises ten or eleven red flags. Yeah, I, and so there's I have a couple of thoughts. Um, <laughs> he was really good with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. I'm starting to think Mitch Trubisky might be the best quarterback in the NFL. The fact that he was able to take Matt Nagy. To a playoff game, I, I'm sure. Couldn't to even think, start at North Carolina. Yeah, and I'm thinking uh, he might be right behind Mahomes. The fact that he took that coach to a playoff game, um, I I don't understand how they could possibly be worse than how Dalton and uh, Fields could possibly be worse than Trubisky was. That team needs a new coach like yesterday. So I'm hoping things get better. I won't be dropping him because that would be asinine. And we're just going to hope that things improve. <laughs> Who wins this loser leaves town match between the Renegades and the Dogs? Yeah, you're you're right. This is this is definitely a, a loser leaves town. I think, um, especially after Fegley gets his third or fourth point one loss last week. <laughs> um, that was absolutely brutal. Oh man. Gotta like Tom against New England Sunday night, huh? Yeah, we feel gotta like Tom and Tom and Gronk. We feel good about that. Um, Revenge game. Not loving all the matchups on the Desert Dogs side. Don't know all of the players in the Desert Dogs lineup. So probably. Hmm. Desert Dogs aren't going on for it. Give me the dogs. Man, this is the part uh, part of the season schedule where I, I really circled. Week four, this is when Group of Death finally gets to branch out and play, play some other of these teams. Cause you know how to tug at the heartstrings. You know I love a good loser leaves town matchup. It, it just, it gets me. You get all, everything on the line coming in. But you know where like, normally I don't see it in week four, but here we are. I do think that it is only 11 o'clock on this Cinderella Desert Dog team. Old Yeller is staying out in front of the house. No need to take her out back. Give me the dogs this week to show some life. Uh, There's one quarterback in fantasy football that loves to screw me over constantly, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Five touchdown game incoming. Renegades win. Dogs sell after week four. Nevermore versus Ice Cream. This isn't quite a loser leaves town. 
I'm branding this a loser rents a bedroom on the outskirts of town match between Tyrus and Spears. Uh, we'll start off with Tyrus's team. Is Cooper Cup the best receiver in football? Um, not named Devontae no. Adams. <laughs> I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football. Um, but clearly, clearly, Cup and Stafford. Um, hang out a lot. Yeah, they play. They play. <laughs> they play Call of Duty together. They definitely. Yeah, they play Call of Duty together. They they do a lot of a lot of a lot of weird shit together. <laughs> um, there's there's a a good kinship there, I guess you could say. Um, loves them, and Cup is obviously going to be maybe possibly the steal of the draft. Um, looking like going to be a wide receiver one year out of him for sure. Um, so I mean, as far as fancy purposes, I gotta believe he's top. He's certainly in the top five. Um, and then I don't see a change in Russell Way. I, I think you'll see teams adjust and move some pieces around. Up until the beginning of the season, a lot of defenses were thinking it was going to be a lot more of a balanced offense. Woods was as, as much of a threat as Cup, and, and that's how we approach the season. I think when we get back to the second half of the season. He won't put up nearly the top end wide receiver one numbers that we're seeing. I think he's still going to be a wide receiver one rest of the way. He just won't be that elite tier. Then we'll go back to the DeAndres and Devontes. I think he finishes top five. Um, yeah, he's not the best. Devontes the best. Um, but I really like what I've seen from Cup so far, and uh, definitely a huge acquisition from Nevermore. I know I, I talked about uh, him being able to trade him and Kelsey, but it'd be a hard hard press not to think about keeping both of those guys as well. So um, I like what I see from Cup so far. Let's go to the ice cream. Miles Sanders, two carries in last week's uh, Monday night game. I'm not sure how in 2021 you can possibly give your running back only two carries in a game. Uh, Got to think he's going to get force-fed against the Chiefs on Sunday. Do you guys like Sanders to bounce back this week? No. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I, I don't. Um, clearly, I think it'll be better than last week. Can't be any worse. Um, but I, I don't see the Eagles leading a whole lot in this game. And I, so I don't, therefore, I don't see a whole lot of carries coming his way. Um, if he's going to do it, it's going to have to probably be through the air. Um, so, yeah, I I don't see a huge bounce back game, but I, I, I can see him getting to close to double digits. I think the Chiefs are the only other team that will give their running back two carries, but they're, they're normally winning when, when they do that. And they just throw the ball all the time and don't give Ceh any work. I'm I'm out on Sanders. I, I traded for him at the deadline last year. There's just too much inconsistency. The weeks that he's serviceable is when he breaks off a 70 yard touchdown run, which he tends to do from time to time. Again, I don't know what's going on with the Seagulls' offense. I don't want any piece of it, and I don't think Sanders bounces back this weekend. Um, I think he gets a heavy dose of work. Um, there's no way that that, that coaching staff is going to sit there and say, you know, 
we, we're going to do this again. I think he touches the ball 15-plus times. Definitely gets over double-digit points, and it is a decent play this week. Um, and probably gives Spears just what he needs in this matchup. I'll take the ice cream over Nevermore in this matchup. Yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take the ice cream as well. I think it's uh, a pretty substantial victory as well. Fifteen points. Ice cream still have a really good team. Give me those guys this week. All right, Weevils versus Franchise, another one and two matchup. Also, not a loser leaves town, but the loser will become Tyrus or Troy's roommate on the outskirts of town after this one sharing that one-bedroom studio apartment. Uh, we'll go with the Weevils first. Who do you like in his flex two? Tony Pollard or Cole Beasley? Man, <clears throat> Carolina defenses look pretty good so far through three games. Um, Beasley coming off a, a huge, pretty huge outing last week as far as just getting pounded the rock um, not sure that he's going to need to be used as much this week but I think I'm going to go just for this week Beasley um, still like college prospects moving forward give me Beasley and that offense he's I mean, take the tight ends out of it he's right behind Diggs and targets this season I know there's Sanders there, but I, I think Beasley's going to get the volume and has a higher floor, which is what I'm looking for out of that position. Give me Beasley. Um, I, this is tough. Carolina's defense has looked good. They've played no good teams, though, yet this year. Um, they did lose some somebody in their secondary last week, their uh, rookie cornerback, J.C. Horn. I think the Cowboys throw the ball to beat Carolina this week, which uh, leads me to go with Beasley as the play here in this one rather than Pollard, um, just because I don't think there's going to be much work for uh, the running backs in this Dallas-Carolina matchup, and Beasley can probably catch five or six balls, and maybe one of them's in the end zone. Has a decent game for bowl. Speaking of Bills wide receivers... Not quite as disappointing as Allen Robinson's been this year, but Stephon Diggs hasn't necessarily been great either. Um, when do you guys think Stephon Diggs' big game will come? Um, this week. <clears throat> He's been getting peppered with targets so far. It just hasn't hasn't led to the huge production that he had last year. But, I mean, Allen still clearly realizes he has to get him the ball, and he's trying to. Um yeah, pencil me in for for a hundred yard game and a, and a tutter for for Diggs this week. Yeah, I love Diggs rest of the season, and, and I think some of those targets will translate into more fantasy production up the stretch. He's a wide receiver, one every week moving forward. Yeah, it is probably this week against Houston. Um, they should be able to do whatever they want if it's not this week. It's definitely next week at Kansas City um, in what should be a shootout uh, between those two teams. Who do you guys have winning the matchup right now between Franchise and the Bull Weevils? Currently, the Franchise has five points with 
Jamar Chase and Marvin Jones approaching halftime. He'd obviously like to see more uh, from those two guys. But uh, this one looks like it's going to be pretty even. Yeah, going to be pretty tight. Um, going to need more production from Chase and Jones, clearly, in this in the second half here. Don't want to get two clunkers on a Thursday night game, but I think I'm going to go Allen and Diggs do just enough to win it for the franchise. I don't know if you guys are paying attention, but the teams that are winning the quarterback matchups are winning around 65 to 70% of the time in our matchups so far this year. And I, I can't do it. I can't do it with Derek Carr. I'm out. Give me Josh Allen. Allen to Diggs. They run away with this one. I think the Desert Dogs have won the QB matchup all three weeks this year. Just uh, so we are the thirty-five to thirty percent that you're talking about, I guess. But I'll take right. the franchise as well. I'm out of witty uh, names for matchups. This this one's just a flat-out slobber knocker. These guys don't necessarily love each other. Curtain versus Wolves. Um, start off with the Steel Curtain. Will Chris Godwin be Tom Brady's top scoring pass catcher in Week Four? I'm going to say no. He will not. I think it's going to be... Give me me Antonio Brown. Man, I'd love that. And Brown's going to find his way into this lineup. All right, you have something you want to add? No, go ahead. Uh, give me Gronk this week. I think this is a New England he might not even play. revenge game. Brady to Gronk. Lock it in. I Two tutties. Mike Evans, I think. Uh, you know, if you're going to pick Brady's top scoring pass catcher, you pitch, pick the guy that's most likely to catch a touchdown. And in my opinion, that's Mike Evans. Um, just because I don't think Gronk, Gronk might not even play this week. Yeah. Um, that's why I didn't go Gronk. I, yeah. just, he got, that was a big hit he took last week. It was. It was, but if he can find his way out there, you know he's going to want to spike on Billy B. Um, yeah. So, if he's out there and playing, he'll be in my lineup, but we're hopeful. Let's go to the Wolves. Talking about Chase Claypool. Are Claypool and the Pittsburgh wide receivers' ceilings capped because of their poor quarterback play? Yes. Yes, uh, Ben has not aged very well. He's clearly old and not the same player that he used to be. Um, And they don't have much of a downfield threat in the passing game. Because of it, because of it. So, I mean, their their production is very limited. They get they gotta catch a lot of short routes, and just not not gonna bode well in the uh, in the fantasy realm. So, absolutely, that hasn't played well, but it's not because of just 
poor quarterback play. It, the, the offensive line in Pittsburgh is a serious, serious issue. They can't get anything going on the ground and protect him. He's got no time to throw. It's ugly. So their ceiling's capped, but for a different reason other than poor quarterback play. He hasn't played well, but I don't think any quarterback in that offense is going to succeed. And these wide receivers are going to get hurt as a result of that. It's definitely alarming uh, to see all those targets, Juju, Deontay, Claypool, not be able to really get going. Whether it be quarterback play, I mean, the throws haven't been great, but it is obviously the fact that He's not the mobile quarterback he used to be, so if he's under pressure, he's more like Joe Flacco now. You know, he's just kind of standing there getting teed off on. Um, I definitely would not want to own any of the Pittsburgh receivers right now. It's not great, so I have to agree with you guys there. Man, I guess I'm going to have to go live on the pod here and call out the Wolves for bending the system here with Antonio Brown in the IR slot while he's healthy. I'm I'm gonna make a draw. I haven't I haven't touched my team all week. Where's the commissioner? Up. Well, he's got an Where's empty. The commissioner? He's got an empty. Papa Cos is the one that polices that. I've been I've been known to bend that rule a few times, so I can't I can't be mad. Hey, it is what it is. Um, all right, I'll drop somebody right now. Having Jeremy Nichols <laughs> on my my bench, I don't think it's really gonna do all that much. Right now, Steel Curtain, uh, big favorites, probably due to the fact that there's no quarterback in the Steel Curtain uh, lineup. I'm thinking he'll put Stafford in before the games on Sunday to make this a little, a little closer. Who do you guys have winning this matchup? Two pretty good teams. Yeah, two pretty good teams here. <clears throat> I have the Curtain winning this one in a close one. Give me the Wolves, and it's very close, especially with James Robinson having a good first half. Um, so this this game, in my opinion, comes down to whether or not Dalvin Cook plays. If Dalvin Cook's out there and he can go in for Mecole Hardman, then I like the curtain. Um, if Cook doesn't play and he's forced to play Hardman and Michelle in the flex spots, then I like the Wolves better just because of those two flex positions. So um, I'll give an if-then. If Cook, then Curtin. If not, then Wolves. Mad Dogs versus Park. Uh, Right before I was about to take him in the draft, Mad Dogs threw out Chuba Hubbard for a dollar and were able to get Chuba Hubbard with McCaffrey out this week, um, what do you think Hubbard does against a resurgent Dallas defense? Ugh. We got a little taste of it last week. Um, it looked like they were they were willing to keep him involved as as kind of the like McCaffrey. Like he just replaced him. Like it was, it was just stepping in and kind of taking over for him. Didn't seem like they were scared of uh, giving him the looks. I mean, he got, I think, like was it fourteen or fifteen touches or something last week. Um, that being said, 
I'm not positive that this Dallas defense is as good as everyone thinks. I mean, I think it had a lot more to do with the Eagles offense being bad. Um, give me Hubbard for like a, a 10 point showing this week. Yeah, I have him as a, a 13 point showing. I think he has a hundred all purpose yards, 60 on the ground, 40 in the air and uh, five or six catches, 12 and 13 points. So Hubbard looked good. One thing that concerns me is Royce Freeman looked good too. I'm I'm not sure if Royce Freeman's you know bad at football. So we'll see how those touches shake out. Uh, funny enough, Royce Freeman got picked up by Fegley this week for twenty four dollars, which somehow is not the most money Fegley's ever spent on Royce Freeman in this league, um, <laughs> which is just funny. Um, if you guys all remember that draft in Fegley's basement. Uh, but I like, I mean, I think Hubbard gets close to 10 just because they will probably throw him a couple passes. He will kind of take some of those McCaffrey touches. Um, but I do think Carolina is going to have to throw the ball to stay in this game. I think we could see Robbie Anderson potentially bounce back this week. Um, it'll depend on where Trayvon Diggs lines up. He is an outstanding cornerback, and if he's going to follow DJ Moore around, that'll help out Marshall and uh, and Anderson. So I think they're going to have to use their receivers more than their running backs in this one. Talk about the park. We talked about Cooper Cup. Uh, are you guys concerned about his counterpart, Bobby Trees? I I am very very concerned. Um... I think it like Phil touched on earlier. Defenses are going to adjust, and it's going to have to turn a little bit where where Wood starts being a little more productive. But man, I had I thought last week was going to be the week for him, and I mean he just was not really part of the game plan. They they didn't really try to get him involved all that much. He ends with three for thirty three. Um, thought it was going to be a big big Woods day. Um, I'm not sure that. He's not. I mean, I'm. I'm pretty sure he's going to turn it around. I, I don't know that it's going to be nearly as big as we're accustomed to seeing, though. Um, I, I think uh, Cup plays for the rest of the way, and, and Woods is more of your back end wide receiver two and top end flex play. I think he'll bounce back. I don't. I don't know if it's this week, but I, I mentioned earlier. I think he'll be fine rest of season but he could still continue to struggle for the next few weeks you gotta get some balance here in the second half I think Woods notoriously kills Arizona so he could have a good game this week but the problem in my mind in the in the Rams offense is as long as Deshaun Jackson's healthy McVay's gonna want to showcase what he does well and Deshaun Jackson at 35 or whatever, still may be the fastest player in the NFL somehow. Um, and Van Jefferson's a damn good wide receiver too. And then they have Tyler Higby at tight end. So there's a lot of mouths to feed mm-hmm. in this Rams offense, which hurts. Um, Woods will have, you know, one or two really big games just because that's what he does. Um, but he's not really an end zone threat. And even in week one, I think his stat line got bailed out with a touchdown. So, 
think he has a good game this week against Arizona. Just because I think he normally does well against them. But, um, yeah, there's there's definitely not enough footballs to go around with all the star power on the Rams offense. Which is uh, not a good sign for Sure and Bobby Trees. Who do you guys have winning the Mad Dogs versus Abusement Park? Sure, not off to a good start. Joe Mixon only 1.9 in the first half. Yeah, Park, uh, we're probably hoping for uh, for much more than that. and They're going to need it. This Mad Dogs team is loaded. <clears throat> um, very good team. Um, I'm going to go with the Mad Dogs to continue and roll on to 4-0 and, and, and put the uh, post-draft favorite back in a familiar spot here. <laughs> uh, I like Sure. And it's mostly driven by the running back position and thinking Woods, I'm swayed by what Kaz said. I think Bobby Trees shows some kind of a pulse this weekend. And I love Waller over Higby. Barkley, Mixon, and Chubb versus Hilaire and Hubbard. Give me sure. I think it's a close one. I have to look at the quarterback play since it comes down to who wins the quarterback battle. And while I think Dak has a good game, I'll definitely take Patrick Mahomes um, against a poor Eagles secondary. Coming off two losses um, with Andy Reid returning back to Philadelphia. Mahomes, huge game. Um, I think Hilaire punches one in two. And I think the Mad Dogs get to four now. Bonus question. Will or how frequently will Andy Reid be booed this weekend? He's not going to get booed. He's not going right. to get booed. We'll see. No way Andy Reid gets booed. What? They, they boo everything. He didn't leave them. You're talking about the dumbest sports fans on the planet. Correct. <laughs> They're not booing. No <laughs> that are going to be blackout drunk. No shot. No shot. All right. Stone Cold Lock of the Week. No booing at the Eagles game. Well, there, there will be booing. It's just not going to be for Andy Reid. <laughs> they might offer him a contract by yeah. the end of the games. Nick, Nick Sirianni looks like an extra in the new Sopranos movie. <laughs> All right, game of the week. Game of the week: Flock versus Teabag. Two three and zero squads. Uh, I think the two top teams in the league right now. We'll start off with the Flock. Can Jason maintain this run? Um, if Jonathan Taylor doesn't get going. Currently, he's like running back 40, I think, on the season or something something close to that. Running back 30. Yeah, been a, been a slow start for Taylor, obviously. Uh, hasn't been able to get in the end zone, which is kind of leading to that. Um, but also was thrown in there. Pretty good Rams defense that he had to go up against in week two. Um, kind of a... Tough divisional matchup at Tennessee last week, so I think Taylor picks it up rest of the way. To answer your question, um, yeah, he's going to need, I believe, Taylor to do so. He's going to need that, what we figured was going to be probably bottom-end RB1 production um, in order to keep uh, keep this pace up. Yeah, I agree. Taylor is going to need to start performing to somewhere near his draft level because a lot of this has been driven by Lockett having a great season, 
which is great. But we know what's looming in the second half of the season for, for all the Seahawks fantasy players, and it's not good. He needs to get going. Yeah, Swift has carried him too right now, and despite, uh, you never know when the Philadelphia District Attorney make him calling on him. Um, that may hurt DeAndre Swift's value. That's that hasn't been talked about by anyone. Like are you guys, <laughs> I know Shane knows about it. Phil, you yeah. saw that stuff. Uh, I've <laughs> seen a few things on it, and yeah, I agree. It's been very <laughs> underreported, <laughs> and I'm surprised it's not grabbing more of the headlines. They're too busy talking about um, the contracts LeBron James was offered by Jerry Jones and Pete Carroll during the NBA lockout. That's right. Does anyone right. want to? Anyone want to tell LeBron that Pete Carroll's not a general manager? He can't offer people contracts? <laughs> um, I, I was shocked to see LeBron tooting his own horn while on Monday Night Football. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, no, no one loves LeBron James more than LeBron James. Man in cast He's is so courageous. outstanding, though. Um, not to take away from... Let's talk about the teabag. Uh, Lamar Jackson... Over under his 24.5 point average this week at Denver. I know how Shane feels about teams going to Denver to play. Yeah, toughest place to play in the league. Um, I'm going to go under because I think he throws two picks. And just not going to get to 24.5 with minus six on the card. I also think it's under. He gets it done on the ground, but this is one of those really bad passing outings from Lamar Jackson where we all look at each other and question, is this guy someone that can actually play quarterback in the NFL? And then we forget about it in two weeks when he's in a primetime game and he plays ball. Well, Mike Greenberg did tell me that Lamar Jackson's a good quarterback. I'll go over 24 and a half. Um, I think he throws two and runs one in. Who do you guys have winning the game of the week? Uh, right now, looks like the flock are nine-point favorites. Overtake your wrong goal. What do you got, Phil? Mm. I like Herbert, and <clears throat> we know what the numbers say on the quarterback position. I think Lockett has a big week again. He might not play either, but... Yeah. I will say, if Swift, Lockett, Gibson, and Taylor all play, give me the flock. This guy swarmed. Yeah. um, Scoured the matchups. Don't really like my prospects as far as my matchups this week. Um... I think this one's the flock, and it's not close. I think this is another stinker from T-Bag this week. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to get beat up pretty good. Um, well, I think Shane should put Melvin Gordon in for Trey Sermon. I think that'll help. Um, but with that being said, I will take take your ball and go home. This feels like a division title, possibly a points title, 
and a second place finish year for Take Your Ball and Go Home. <laughs> um, just, just what they do in years that they're good. Um, and I think he, uh, I think he gets to four and zero this week. We got about. I look forward to seeing what kind of assets <laughs> he's going to add at the deadline that'll get hurt for the playoffs. <laughs> got about four minutes <laughs> left. Um, anything you guys want to talk about? No, I was, I was just going to say, uh, pretty, uh, pretty weird start to the season here where we have seven teams sitting at one and two. Um, really makes, makes things interesting. I mean, you got three, three and no teams, two and one, Phil sitting at two and one, and then seven, seven squads behind that. I mean, right now the playoffs is, is under 500. Um, Obviously, things it's early and things are going to shake out how they do, but um, really leaves it up in the air. Especially as <clears throat> talking to you, I mean, you're zero and three, but you're literally a game behind the playoffs right now. So it's going to be one of those years where maybe six and eight, seven and seven gets you gets you a playoff spot. Don't say that, Shane, because if you say that, that decreases the likelihood of us having future. Loser League Town matchup. I know. And we, we got to keep those going. Week week four, when you're only a game out of the playoffs, is probably a little too <laughs> early for those. Maybe a little premature. Don't remind <laughs> people of the facts. Hey, it's just uh, just podcast content. It doesn't have to be true. It's just supposed to make people smile. That's all it is. <laughs> How are the viewership numbers going this year? <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> They've dropped by one. Yeah, <laughs> that's fifty percent. Yeah, and possibly two if he makes Mamaka stream it on hers while he's while he's listening as well. He's probably still listening. Lots of uh, lots of good feedback from the weekly recaps though. So yeah, they've been nice. I like them. I like the ones on our on, on our game last week. It was <laughs> shut up. It's over. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really feel like writing. I didn't about even that. send any dick text messages or anything like that. No, no, it, it's it's incredible. I could very easily be three and zero this year. It's just it, <laughs> uh, you're the fifth highest scoring team in the league. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we but should because of your had you had another schedule, you would be three and zero. We should start to. Think about getting some points-based uh, standings in there, something like that. So, Ugh. this is a matchup right. league. If you don't like it, plenty <laughs> others you can join. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. In all right. seriousness, though, I think that would be something good to add at some point. We'd have to. We'd have to move platforms. We can't do it on ESPN. So, that's okay. Um, and you know a lot of people are going to sleeper for their fantasy platform but I've been in fantasy leagues where we went to a weird website that wasn't ESPN and it really hurt the the gameplay so I don't know yeah I, ESPN does a good job they're, yeah they're, they, they I think are the best uh, in terms of just visual presentation um, not necessarily the best in terms of quality but you know, whenever you can look at your team and very easily get a video from Matthew Barry about how your player might do, you have to take advantage of that. So, guy loves it. All right. Well, can they bring Greenberg over for some <laughs> of those videos? No, no. Uh, thank you both for joining me. This was fun. 
Happy to talk week four with you guys. Best of luck to everybody, and we will talk to you next week.